Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton, and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered. Or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed, and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For season three, I'm focusing on the importance of social connections and the positive effects relationships can have on our happiness and well-being. Studies show that when we feel more connected to each other, we have lower levels of anxiety and depression. Each episode this season, I'll invite a guest whose connection and friendship has brought happiness into my life. Some I have known for years and some I've just met. My guest today is Amy Johnson. Amy and my brother, Eric, were friends in undergrad, and when I'd visit Eric at school, I'd get to see Amy. I loved her energy, determination, and kindness. She genuinely cares about people and values friendships. I've loved watching Amy break through the glass ceiling as she navigates her professional career. I can't wait to hear what's been brightening her day. The first thing that has brightened my day is Depot Bay, a small Oregon coastal town Depot Bay is known as the world's smallest harbor. Clark and I recently stayed the weekend at the Channel House, a lovely hotel right at the mouth of the harbor, perched on an oceanfront bluff. We could watch the boats enter and leave the harbor from our deck. I used to think Depot Bay was a place you went through on your way to a better place, but I've since changed my mind. Depot Bay is a destination unto itself, We had a wonderful time watching the waves crash, the boats navigate the channel, browsing the shops, and warming up with a hot bowl of clam chowder. We drove into Lincoln City and to the road's end and hiked to the Knoll, an amazing lookout where you have a panoramic view of Devil's Lake and the Lincoln City coastline. It is an extremely steep hike, which we weren't expecting. I consider myself to be pretty fit, but I was sucking wind and wondering what we'd gotten ourselves into. When we got to the top, the invigorating forest air, the sound of the crashing waves, and the beautiful sunny day made it all worth it. And on our way out of town, we stopped by the Chocolate Frog for some homemade chocolates. Delicious. The second thing that has brightened my day is Carla Rockmore. If you are not familiar with her videos on Instagram, take a minute and view some. Carla is a Dallas, Texas-based fashion designer for those over 50, of which I am soon to enter. She started making videos from her closet in the spring of 2020. The camera is low to the ground in her closet, which is two stories high with a spiral staircase and a fireplace. Her jewelry is on the second floor. Carrie Bradshaw fans, eat your heart out. Carla is an exuberant fashionista who appears in the camera with rapid cuts as she puts together one fabulous outfit after the other. Her tagline is celebrating the self-expression of 50 plus fashion, fun and fierceness. Carla exudes joy in what she does. 
I was glued to her videos. And before I knew it, I had watched at least 10 of them. I love her energy and her confidence, and she absolutely dazzled me with these vibrant colors and different textures and fashion ideas. I also love how she pairs the old with the new. I even saw how I could put a few things together in my closet for a little more pizzazz. Carla Rockmore is my new fashion mentor. The third thing that has brightened my day is Aria overcoming her fear on the bars in gymnastics. Every day I pick Aria up from her after-school program and it's sunny outside. She asks if she can go to the playground for just a bit longer. How can I refuse? She has been working on getting confident on the bars. She's always been a little monkey swinging around on the bars, but she wanted to learn how to do a back hip circle. First, she had to learn the pullover. Then she had to learn how to cast, which is swinging your hips off the bar. Then she had to learn how to go over the bar in a circle, hence a back hip circle. Each day, she'd try to add one more step that the day before she'd been too afraid to try. I was so impressed with her steady willingness to try and try again. She still needs a spot for her back hip circle, but I'm amazed at how much stronger she's getting and how much more courageous she's become. She has started girls' gymnastics at a local gym, and they are learning all of the things, floor, vault, bars, and beam. On her first day on the bars, Aria got up and confidently did the steps her teacher asked. The teacher was impressed that she could already do casts and asked, who taught you that? Aria looked at me and beamed. And I was the happy, maybe slightly annoying mom on the sidelines clapping with glee. That's my girl. My guest today is Amy Johnson. Amy is the Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Amy has more than two decades of progressive leadership experience in higher education administration and student affairs, including roles at the University of Pennsylvania, the University of Southern California, and most recently, Eastern Washington University. Amy is a dynamic, energetic, and compassionate administrator. She has led numerous initiatives that focus on student mental health and wellness, strengthening community, access and student success, and equity, diversity, and inclusion. Amy earned both her Master of Science and Doctor of Education degrees in higher education administration and graduated with distinction from the University of Pennsylvania's Graduate School of Education. She has a bachelor's degree in English and communication from the University of Puget Sound. I was lucky enough to get connected with Amy through my brother. They attended UPS together and have remained close friends. When I moved to New York City, Amy was attending the University of Pennsylvania, and she and her partner Kevin would come visit me in Manhattan, and we'd do exotic things like visit Takashimaya, the iconic Japanese department store on Fifth Avenue, eat amazing food, and just catch up. Amy has a huge heart, and I'm thrilled to have her as a guest on my podcast. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much, and thank you for that kind introduction. Before we get into the things that have brightened your day, I have to ask, how has it been being in a university administration during this crazy pandemic? Well, as you may imagine, it's been a lot. And as a matter of fact, I transitioned to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill 
in August of 2020. So, you know, we weren't very far into the pandemic at that time. And I started about the first week in August and uh, right about the time our undergraduate students moved in. And within about a week, we had completely used up all of our isolation and quarantine space and had to make a quick decision about the fact that uh, we couldn't continue to operate this way. And so my second week, or maybe even at the very end of my first week, I had to call the chancellor and we had to say, I think we have to make some other decisions. And we turned around and sent all of our undergraduate students home. (laughs) It is not the onboarding program, I have joked, that you would want for someone. Uh, And it certainly has been a roller coaster, but it's been wonderful in many ways too. Uh, You know, there's nothing like becoming close with your colleagues uh, Mm -hmm. when you join them in a crisis. And that is indeed what's happened. Yeah. Never waste a good crisis. I've heard that. (laughs) That's right. right. Make it work for you. (laughs) Make it work for you. Well, I'm also fascinated by how your jobs have taken you, you know, from the West Coast to the East Coast. So you've lived in interesting places like Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Seattle, Tacoma area, Chapel Hill. Which city have you enjoyed the most? So we have lived in some of those exotic places and some less exotic, like Olympia and Spokane, Washington, but still places we love. Uh, it's it's always hard to pick a favorite city because, as you imagine, they uh, they are so different. And each place reminds me of the time at that time in my life. You know, mm-hmm. we had our son in Los Angeles, and in mm-hmm. many ways, so many of my memories of that place are tied up in that. So mm-hmm. that was really wonderful. And I was born there, so it was a return. But I would have to say Philadelphia is at the very top of the list, probably. And in part because, as you noted, we moved there from a very kind of suburban environment in Olympia, Washington, where that was really all I knew and remembered because we left Los Angeles, even though I was born there, we left there when I was very young. So I had lived and grown up in Washington state and again in the suburban environment. And then we moved to the big city of Philadelphia and lived right downtown Philadelphia, as you may remember, mm-hmm. and in indeed also transitioned from living somewhat independently with my partner in an apartment and really adulting to graduate student housing, which is definitely its oh. own sort of flavor of housing. Yeah. So in many ways, and we moved there knowing no one. And so really what happened for us in Philadelphia is we created a community. We built a family. And these were people that we did holidays with and special events with and celebrations with. So as much as when we returned to the West Coast, it was a return to be close to family. We left our family and our community in Philadelphia. And I have such warm and special memories of that place and loved my graduate student experience and Mm. and all of that. Uh, We will never live again, I think, far from a big city as a result in particular of that experience because we loved it so much and all the resources that offered. I will also say Chapel Hill has a special place in my heart right now. And as much as we, due to the pandemic, haven't had the opportunity to get around and get out and about and eat in restaurants and do all the things that we would like to do, this has been a really warm and welcoming community and a place that we can see ourselves staying for a long time. So that competes right up there as well. I'm thrilled to hear that you're settling in and you're enjoying your new environment. I miss that you're so far away, but it just gives us a reason to come visit. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And we're looking forward to it. All right. So now I'm interested to hear what are the things that have been brightening your day lately? 
I will approach this by saying, I think it's not just lately. I think these are my go-tos, which I okay. hope is okay. Uh, and some of them are maybe not a surprise. And, and one of the first one may be a cheat, but the first one is my family. I have a demanding and engrossing job. And one of the things that allows me to have some balance in my life and allows me to check out of that, at, which I need to do in order mm-hmm. to come and be healthy and whole here every day is to be able to leave it and walk away. And as you can probably appreciate, there's nothing like having a child mm-hmm. who doesn't care if you've had a hard day at work. They right. need to help them with their math homework. Thank you very much, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, having a child and having a partner in my life, both who really help fill my bank account, but also hold me accountable to being a part of that family, they brighten my day a lot. They absolutely make me laugh harder than anyone I know. And as a matter of fact, now that my son is 14, it is a major source of embarrassment to him that he and his dad <laughs> make jokes that make me cry. And I mean, make me cry. Uh, <laughs> and and I, it happens with some regularity. Uh, so, you know, I try to laugh on a regular basis, too. That's particularly important to brightening my day. But so family is is first on the list. I would say the other thing that is really important to me, and this may not come as a surprise to you, but I listen to music every day. I I grew up playing piano and singing and dancing. Music has always been a big part of my life. It is a centering point for me. It is a relaxing um, tool that I use. And so whether it's listening to classical or to, you know, my go-tos and Stevie Wonder and Al Jarreau <laughs> mm. or to show tunes at the top of my lungs when I really need to sort of change the channel mentally, I listen to music every day. And it is something that uh, has always been and will always be a part of my life. Oh, yes. So is there quite a music scene in Chapel Hill or at least in the area where you are? Well, I would say, so again, I don't know that I've seen much of us, any kind of scene lately because we're still saying fairly isolated, but (laughs) it's one of the wonderful things about living in a big city is that the research triangle, as they say here, the, uh, the Raleigh, uh, Durham, Chapel Hill area, that sort of tri-city area yes. is robust with music and arts and uh, museums, all sorts of resources. So we're very excited about that. And then the other really wonderful thing, as you probably can appreciate, that I love about working in a higher education environment is the arts are, especially mm-hmm. to an, a large institution like us, really important. And we have great Um, student performing arts and musical performing groups that we have come here regularly. So I do have an opportunity and particularly any kind of outdoor concert, I'm always dragging Kevin and Owen, my partner. (laughs) And and so we have an opportunity to do that. And we're really fortunate in that way. Again, it's one of the great things about being in an institution of higher education like Mm. Carolina. Just as you're talking, I have this sort of pang of remembering my my master's in music time yeah. and just everything that was right there at my fingertips. Just, right. oh, it, there is something so wonderful about being in the academic setting and always learning and growing. And I want to go back real just real quick to when you mentioned your family. So I think I'm accurate in saying that both you and I were later in our age when we had our children, correct? Yes, yes, yes. I was indeed. And so I know that when some of my friends from school had teenagers when I had Aria (laughs) and, you know, they're already like sending theirs out the door. And I'm in, you know, as my London friends would say, I'm my children are still in nappies and I'm dealing with feedings. And 
But, you know, there is something to be said for it kept me young. So in my 40s, when I could have been sort of already starting to sit back and think about grandkids coming, I was raising a child and going to the playground and swinging. And I think it added to my youth. Did you have a similar experience? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I, I haven't thought about it in terms of adding to my youth. I will say this. I had some career goals and some personal and professional goals. I wanted to get my doctorate. I wanted to, you know, live in another part of the country uh, here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And my partner and I both really wanted to make that a priority. And I also knew, as many of my friends and colleagues were, that I wasn't ready to start having children in my 20s. I didn't feel ready to do that for a long time. I thought I wanted to be a parent, and we had always held it open as a possibility, but I had some other things that were important to me that I really wanted to pursue and get established in. And again, I just knew I wasn't ready for that step in my life right then. Mm -hmm. So I think we made the decision for that reason. And I haven't, you know, I I don't know if it has kept me young. I would certainly love if that were true. So I might steal that now and say that it has. But but I will say, honestly, I think it has made me a better parent um, Mm -hmm. to have a child later on in my life. I think I am much more mature now. I think I am more thoughtful. People often ask me due to, you know, working in education and particularly working with college students whether or not being a parent has made me better at my job. And I have to say, I don't know that it has done that because in particular, I think there is an assumption that in my work um, as an educator, that you will somehow be more empathetic or more understanding or respond a different way if you're a parent. Mm. And I submit that that's actually not what you want. I will admit that as a parent, I often have an emotional reaction to things. (laughs) And I would submit as your vice chancellor for student affairs, you don't want me sort of reacting emotionally like I do with my son when he mouths off to me and I forget my place um, for a moment and tell him because I said so, right? <laughs> right. That's not how you want me to handle as an educator. But I do think the reverse is true. I think I'm a better parent because of my educational experience and because the time I invested in myself as an educator. And so that has been really a boon to me, I think, as a parent. That is very well said. In my world, we talk about the emotional brain versus the rational brain. And my initial responses to some of the things my daughter does are the emotional brain that I need to get out of. Yes, yes. I need to access the executive functions to be a proper professional. That's, that's right. And I do find myself sometimes the you know vice chancellor, Amy, has to have a firm sit down with the parent, Amy, to yes. say, this is not the way to handle this. I love that. The inner dialogues. Yes. Okay. So I kind of derailed you, I think, from your third thing. But we have family, we have music. And what's the third thing? The last thing for me is I have always been someone and I have been fortunate to live in places where I have regular access to the outdoors and can exercise and take walks and the outdoors has always been an important part of my life. I would rather be outdoors probably than anywhere else. (laughs) I I love to kayak and to swim and to bike and to run and trail run. And so those things also, which help me find some balance and frankly help brighten my day. Uh, Again, there's sort of an intersection between something that is important to my work-life balance and being outdoors. And so I try to get outside every single day if I can at least to take a walk to, it is a centering thing for me, uh, much in the same way I think that music is. And I find it changes my whole worldview. And particularly on a day like today, you can't see me, but I'm looking out my windows, as we say, the beautiful Carolina blue sky, we like to say here, it is the kind of thing where even when I'm having a bad day, it changes my whole worldview. Yes. 
All right. Well, you've convinced me. I, I have to come and see the Carolina Blue. Get on a plane now. <laughs> and I have to say, Amy, I detect the tiniest charming bit of a Southern accent coming into when you speak. And you so do I not. Just, I just think it's delightful. I just love it. Maybe it's just my ears, but um, it's charming and I love it. And on that note, Amy, thank you for being a guest on my podcast. It's so fun to talk with you again. And thank you for brightening my day. Oh, well, thank you. This has really been a pleasure, and I hope we'll have an opportunity to talk again soon. Thank you for tuning in to Brighten Your Day. To be a guest on my podcast, email me at hiltonlisab at gmail.com. That's Hilton with a Y. Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production, and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.